super fun here. This yep. is episode... What? Oh, I thought you were asking. I was like, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the name of our podcast. Good job, Al. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is episode 32, I believe. Yes. Well, at least um, that's what it said in the invite. So. <laughs> the Zoom meeting invite. We are still recording remotely. Is that the word we're using? Yeah. Um, and I'm Allison. <laughs> I'm Parker. We're not as smooth, like, with the intro. No, but then the talk gets better. The talking, the good. Ta- the, the talking intro, is, not good. The talking, good. Intro, bad. <laughs> um, yes. No, we are still in our respective houses um, doing this through Zoom, like everybody else in the world. Right. Right now. Um, yeah, so this is... So today we're going to be talking about Suicide Squad, the third movie... In the DC Extended Universe. Yeah, and what a movie it is. Oh, it, what, so, okay. All right, now. This is the thing. I want to be as positive as possible while we're talking about the movie. So before we actually talk about the movie, let's talk about when it was announced and trailer and things like that. Because that's okay. what can feel more positive. <laughs> When you're just stating facts instead of your feelings. Well, right. And when we, um, when I talk about the trailer, because the trailer actually got me excited. Well, because the movie is a trailer. <laughs> right, right. But the trailer itself is really good. <laughs> a two-hour trailer is not. No. But, no. So, like, I, so they announced Suicide Squad, um... I don't remember exactly when they announced it, but it was scheduled to come out three months after Batman versus Superman. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it came, so they were doing the, because I think around this point, because this is 2016, wasn't Marvel almost on a two movie a year type thing? They were, yeah, it was coming they, out like pretty. Yeah, they did that quite a, for a while. They, they it was were, usually like spring and then fall. Yeah, there was like two movies a year. So yeah. I think DC, again, like they're doing with this entire extended universe was playing catch up. Yeah. So what they had to do was they wanted to release um, Batman versus Superman, which they assumed was going to do really, really well. <laughs> Spoiler. Ooh, it does not. Um, and then three months later, they released, I believe in the beginning of August, they released um, Suicide Squad. So when Suicide Squad was announced, um, I was excited just because we were told that um, it was going to be our first glimpse of Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. And that was exciting because Harley Quinn, you know, Harley Quinn was created for the animated Batman series. And there's Um, never been a live action Harley Quinn, right? No, no, there's never been a live action Harley Quinn. Um, Like Arrow did like her, did laughing when they did their Suicide Squad episode. And and it was supposed to kind of maybe be her because they I don't didn't remember, that. remember in the beginning of Arrow when they did like um, their Suicide Squad type episode and yeah you went into all the um, you went into stupid. all the jail all the cells oh okay and then there was one with someone a girl was laughing 
Oh, so you never see her or anything. You never see her, but then they, they just said that like that was supposed to be like a nod to Harley Quinn and stuff. But Harley Quinn was created for the 1992 Batman animated series, and she blew the fuck up. Like people loved her. It was, you know, the first um, version of her was the what's the, the Jester? Yeah, the Harley yeah. Quinn, but like the the red and black Jester right. outfit and all that stuff and. Just, you know, calling, you know, um, the Joker Mr. J and just all of the stuff, um, calling her, put, calling him Puddin, you know, and just they made her very lovesick girl. But what was really great about the character was she was crazy and lovesick and she acted very ditzy at times. Mm-hmm. But what was great about the character is she was a doctor. She was yeah. a psychologist. Like, it was just... They, you know, she was a, a powerful-ish type woman when it came to education. She knew what she was doing. She was good at her job. Mm-hmm. But she just fell so much for this guy, the Joker, that she just became one of those lovesick women. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just think, like, when they kind of talk about her history and how she came about um, when she fell in love with the Joker and she was his therapist and at Arkham and all that stuff was just... It was, she was just a great character. Everyone really, really loved her. Um, they did that great. Um, it was a, a version of the comic and the cartoon of Mad Love. And it tells how she fell in love with the Joker. And it's just, it's a really great comic. It's a really great, um, it's a really great episode of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And just she just became a very popular character. So when they started talking about the DCU, uh, DC, you. I apologize. <laughs> um, they, we really wanted a Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. a version of Harley Quinn, you know. Um, so I was excited about that. Um, I liked the Suicide Squad comics. There were Suicide Squad comics. Um, they started off, I believe, um, as they were called Task X, I believe. Um, and that was also kind of the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe there's nods to that in this movie. Yeah, I I think it was like on one of the folders Amanda Waller had or something. Yes, yes. it was something like that. I was also very excited about Amanda Waller mm-hmm. just because it was one of those. Um, so Amanda Waller, she was always in the comic and stuff like that too for a while. But I knew her first from the Justice League cartoon. I was just going to say, she was in the Justice League cartoon, right? Because yes. I remember her from that. Yep. And in the Justice League Unlimited series, she was a big part of that whole, uh, like, the whole arc of the Justice League Unlimited. You know, remember how they went from the Justice League was, like, hour-long episodes to half an hour, but it was all interconnected somehow with yeah. the overarching big story. So she was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll what was really great about the character was she was um, just ruthless. Yeah. She was someone who could, who was as smart as Batman, um, but as ruthless as Lex Luthor. Yeah. But she was doing what she felt was good. Very similar to Lex Luthor, but Lex Luthor had that villain mm-hmm. thing about him. Like while she was working for the government, Right. He, which 
Yes, let's not. The government's <laughs> also evil. We know that. But it was just like one of those things where she really felt like she was doing good. But what I really liked about her was like in that cartoon, like she would go toe to toe when it comes to intelligence with Batman. Mm-hmm. And if Batman knew it, she also knew it. They right. always uh, addressed facts like um, that she knew Bruce Wayne was Batman. Well, because I think in the movie they did a good job of that. It, yeah. You know, the movie's all over the place, but like Amanda Amanda Waller, like Viola Davis is amazing. And I think that she did a really good Amanda Waller. And I think that they did Amanda Waller justice. She did a good job as, okay. I disagree with you a little bit on that. I believe. I just mean in that they were true to her character. Yes. And she, Viola Davis did a great job with what she was given. Right. I I mean, I'm not saying that like (laughs) the movie, like her. Yeah. I'm it saying that they, they actually stayed true right. to her character, though. Yes. Yes, they did. They, they made her that type of character. Um, and even, like, the... I'm, we're going to jump around, because that's just what we do now. Um, <laughs> the post-credit, the end-credit, the mid-credit scene was her talking to Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And she did that whole, like, thing... She knows we, that it's... That he's as she's like, oh, he said, don't work too hard, or don't work nuts, or something like that. And she goes, you too. Mr. Wayne... She said to get some sleep, something about him working yeah, about at night. working nights. And, yeah. Yeah. and it was just, it was really great because in the comics, she would have conversations with Batman, but she would also, she's had conversations with Bruce Wayne, but she never said, I know you're Batman, but she knew he knew that she knew, you know, <laughs> all, it's just, it was, it was really good. It was done very well. And, mm-hmm. the, and so she was a character I was super excited about. And then all, just all the, you know, all the other people, they told us the Joker was going to be in it. So Harley Quinn and the Joker were going to be together in a movie. Um, you know, even how could you not like Will, Will knowing that Will Smith was going to be dead shot and yeah. you know, putting all of these kind of villains together into a, a movie seemed like it was going to be really cool. Well, we and I feel like that Batman was going to be in it. Yeah. And so anytime not- that you do anything Joker related, mm-hmm. I feel like ever since the Christopher Nolan Yes. Joker, um, of Heath Ledger, like there's just there's all this. I don't know. People are obsessed with the Joker now. Right. But um, also, the people have always been. I mean, yeah, Bat- Batman '89 made all the money back then. Yeah, you know, right. And yeah. so, like, I just remember a lot of the talk about Suicide Squad was right. around Jared Leto's Joker, and also because the last person to play the Joker died. Right. And they also did a lot of stuff that some of the people said he died because he got too, too, into too the, in character. Yeah, too into the character. Yeah. So, so we heard that Jared Leto and, and Jared Leto was a good actor. You know, yeah. so, so we I liked Requiem for a Dream. He was weird and crazy in that. So we were like, okay, no, this is before we knew what the Joker was going to be. Right. Uh, you know, so just the talks of it was exciting. So. I went in really excited. Um, I remember seeing the trailer. Mm-hmm. And the trailer was just exactly what it should have been. Right. It was a great trailer. It was a great trailer. It was loud. Um, was it Queen? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was loud Queen music. It was action. It was showing us all the characters we wanted to see. It just, it was everything that we wanted it to be. It was a phenomenal trailer. Right. 
Well, and then the problem was is that they had the people that made the trailer cut the movie. Go and edit the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minute, two hour trailer, whatever it is. It was a two hour trailer. Two hours? God. Yeah, the movie sure was- felt like more oh, than- Oh, I watched it in three and a half, I think. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was a two hour movie. And so they, and I think it was the first time that a studio actually had the people who make trailers edit the movie. Yeah, it was a really, I just remember it was like a really weird decision. Mm-hmm. And I honestly- well, because- they had two trailers. The first one didn't go well. And then the second one, people loved. And so, so then they were like, well, the, these people can make an exciting trailer, so let's have them just cut the whole movie. Well, and then they were also trying to, trying to like, they were licking their wounds after Batman versus Superman. Right. You know, so they were trying to, what they were trying to do was trying to make it, I think, a little more fun as well. Like, keep mm-hmm. it dark, but also make it fun. Um, just because Batman versus Superman has literally no fun. Yeah. You know, and so they tried to do that. So they tried to, I think, make it a little more fun and do all that type of stuff. But it just, like, the first thing I have on my notes about the movie is everything is just disjointed. Yeah. Everything just, is just... Yeah, everything is just, like, it's cut into these, like, five to ten minute clips mm. it feels like right. and you're just yes. kind of thrown from one thing to another mm. and it just it, it just feels very disjointed it doesn't feel like a complete movie no and then what is the do you have on your notes because I don't remember even though it was a week ago what was the first scene of the movie What it was jail it was jail. It was Ike Barinhold. Um, yeah, give, it's the, it's the, the place the, uh, in Louisiana where they're holding them. Yeah. So it started with that. I put on my notes that, and it starts with that, and then it goes into this su- Amanda Waller talking about Superman and giving her Superman speech about, right. and I just felt like they should have cut out that whole beginning and put that Superman speech, her talking first. Yeah, I mean, I don't... There's so many other things wrong with this movie. Like, that's probably, like, super low down on my list. But as I was watching, that just kind of popped up on my thing that I just kind of felt like as I was watching it, it had those scenes, and then all of a sudden I went to that, and I kind of felt like that was the first. Like, that scene with Amanda Waller, like, her Superman speech or whatever, like, while I really like... What? This isn't good. Right. So, yeah. like, I really like Viola Davis. I like the Amanda Waller character. But, like, everything that she said yes. in this movie was, like, a cliche. Or, well, like, yeah. over the top. It just but also, was ridiculous. It was stupid. This is when that she pulls out her fucking notes, her um, folders, and you get a fucking three-hour backstory about Deadshot and Harley Quinn. And then everyone right. else gets five minutes. You get nothing from Killer Croc. Like, you don't know anything about him. You give a little bit. You, she gives you a 30 seconds about him. Oh, yeah. That he, like, but you don't get any backstory. Like, he's always been, has he always been in that prison? You don't get anything except oh, you for don't him get a, why he got, how he got there. Right. They show you how Deadshot got there. Right. Which, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wish that could have been a good beginning. Right. Of Deadshot getting thrown in prison. We didn't need Amanda Waller talking about right. it. But, 
the Batman scene of that was really good. Yeah. You um, get like you get the Harley Quinn backstory. You get you get a little bit of um um Captain Boomerang. Yep, you get a little bit of Diablo El Diablo. Yeah. Because he And then you get or, nothing from Killer Croc, really. No, no, you get like thirty seconds. Um, yeah, but it's not even background. It she just talks about how he lives in the sewers. And, right. Yeah. And yes. so they keep him in the sewer and they treat yeah. him like an animal. Like yeah. if they don't give you anything on that. And then later on when like they just introduce what's his face. Um Flag. No, not Flag. I mean she does the background on June Moon and um the fucking enchantress. The enchantress. <laughs> um no, but what the fuck is his name? Uh it's uh God damn it. It's the guy, the one that the tries to escape and they Oh Slipknot. Slipknot. Yeah. The band. I should have remembered. Yeah. So. <laughs> um no, but so they just like bring him in randomly. And then also they later on What? They bring him in to die. Right. And yeah. then later on, fucking Katana shows up for no reason. Like it just seemed I like mean, they were just throwing yeah. these people in here. They were. I mean, Katana is Rick Flag's bodyguard kind of but, but they don't explain that in the movie. No. Oh, then how did how do I know that? She's not his bodyguard. She just fucking shows up. I think no, I think he says something about her being there to keep people in line. She's kind of working for him. <clears throat> I don't know. It's not she's, really not, she's not a villain technically. No, I know. She's like him. Right. And so I just felt like they said something about hers, how she's helping him. She's, I guess she's kind of there to keep them in line, but it just kind of felt like, uh, oh, we have this character and we're just going to oh, add yeah. her in. Who knows? And what they really wanted was they wanted that character because her sword has souls in it. But that didn't and, have anything to do. Nothing that There was no payoff for that. Didn't they use that sword at the end? No. I thought they used her sword for... I thought the souls did something at the end. What? Oh, he says that Rick Flag looks like a guy that starts fight, fights at a Walmart. Oh, yeah. 110%. I agree with that. I, no, I don't think that... I mean, they obviously mention her sword and yeah, the but, fact that it traps the souls of those she kills right. with it. But, like, I don't think that there's ever any, like, reason... Like, there's no payoff later for it. You know it. what? Some of it's foggy. I'm not going to lie. I know. Well, because it's all over the place. Yeah. And, um, because, well, at first when you said that, I was like, well, maybe she, like, stabbed the Enchantress's heart. But no, Rick Flagg, like, ripped that apart with his hands. So, she, like, literally the sword has nothing to do with anything. Enchantress's brother? No. No, then I don't know. Okay. I thought her sword had, maybe if I was writing the movie, because I made that fact about the sword... I would have brought that in somehow. Well, yeah, but there's no payoff for it. But then, um, no, Enchantress's brother gets blown up by Scott Eastwood, beautiful Scott Eastwood, underneath. Remember, he, like, yes. detonates the thing? Yes. Whatever. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was bad. So, okay. So, yes, yeah, so they have that whole beginning thing, which is unneeded. They give, obviously, Deadshot and Harley Quinn the longest introductions ever. Well, and um, then when she's talking about June Moon and the Enchantress and Rick Flag, it's just, it's just dumb, honestly. Right. It's oh, yeah. just really dumb. Well, and Cara so, Delevingne is not a good actress. She, she is not. I, she is not a good actress. It, it's, like, painful. Yeah. 
like the part where she like where they're down in the bunker or whatever mm-hmm. and she turns into the enchantress and then she goes and gets the book from the iraqi ministry or whatever like and then she turns back into june and then she's like <laughs> oh, she, yeah. Yeah. oh my god she was the worst she is so bad um so so let's talk a little bit about some of the characters okay um so deadshot you know i thought will smith was fine yeah. He, I mean, he, it really, him and Harley Quinn, they kind of had to carry the movie. Right. You know, um, because they were the two biggest, not names, the two, he was the biggest name, him and Viola Davis. But they were the two big characters mm-hmm. that I think people were excited to see. Yes. Um, and then when you give, and like the whole thing is, if you give someone like Will Smith the character of Deadshot, you have to make Deadshot the lead of the movie. Yeah. Right. Because you make you have a movie star like Will Smith. You right. know, so I thought he did fine. I could do without his stupid daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to see him fight Batman. I didn't want his daughter to jump. That would have been cool if he fought Batman. Yeah. And these two to three Batman scenes really made me, again, double down on the fact that I like Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, I agree did a very nice job. So, you know, so the dead shot, Will Smith was fine. He did what he needed to do to kind of try to hold the movie together. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't have any complaints about what he did. Honestly, he's yeah. the least. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought he was fine. What do you think? I mean, I agree. I just, I feel like he was really, not that, I don't want to say that he was really trying because that makes it sound like nobody else is really trying, but like some people were trying too hard. Yeah, well, like Cara Delevingne, I think was trying too hard, and she's just not a great actress. So like, it just was every single scene that she's in was just awkward. Yes, there was no chemistry with her and and the guy who plays Rick Flag. No, no chemistry at all. Right. I mean. <laughs> There was more chemistry between Will Smith and that guy. (laughs) No, I agree. So, like, I honestly, I mean, Will Smith, he's just, like, one of those, one of those actors that's just super comfortable. So, like, anything that you see him in, it's just kind of, you're just like, oh, yeah, it's Will Smith and he's doing great. Right, right. We haven't seen Gemini Man. Right. I mean, I think that the, 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 yeah, that's true. I haven't seen all Will Smith movies, but, um. No, but I mean, I thought that they, like, it was, I don't know. He, he tried, the problem, he the tried problem, hard to hold the movie together. Right. Well, the problem, I think, is, because I, really the only thing that I have to compare this to is the Suicide Squad and Arrow. Right. And so for me, that's, like, what I'm comparing it to. And, like, Deadshot and Arrow was, like, I thought he was really, really great. Right. But, the, the difference here is in this movie, like, I mean, I guess in the show a little bit, the Suicide Squad there was more of, like, they seemed darker. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, you weren't you weren't really rooting for them. But in this movie, it's like you're rooting for the, the villain. In this movie, they're the heroes of the movie. Right. Where in the episodes we were watching of Arrow... Arrow was still the hero. Right. I I just think that it could have been a lot more, 
I guess the movie could have treated that, I think. Right, but they were trying to get away from the as dark. Right, and I'm not saying that it had to be super dark, but I just feel like there wasn't ever really any sort of, like, tension between the fact that these people are, like, they're bad people. Like, the whole thing with Deadshot is, like, the whole time you're just like, oh, my God, he's a dad, and, like, he really loves his daughter. The thing is, there was tension. It just wasn't good. Like, it wasn't wasn't well, well done. It wasn't well done. No, they tried it. Please, every interaction Rick Flagg had with all of them. It was, yeah, it was just show the, their villain, t- you know, and I'm the hero. and But it was all forced and not done well. Right, because, like, yes. what? Like, Harley smashes a window and steals a purse? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the worst thing somebody does in this movie? Well, I mean, they talk about how they're murderers. <laughs> I mean, it's not... Just because they're not like murdering people in the movie, they did. They did talk about how Deadshot's an assassin. Yeah, but even when they show him assassinating somebody, it's like some d bag that flipped on a mobster or something. It's like I don't know. It just. Yeah, but he's a he's an assassin for hire. I know, but it's not have, in in this movie. It wasn't in like a bad way. Well, anytime you... Okay, I'm sorry. I guess I'm under the impression that if you kill anybody, oh, it's bad. Fuck off. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. I didn't know if there's certain people that are okay to kill. Oh, well, I mean, Superman killed Zod and Batman kills and uses guns and shit. So, like... Okay. <laughs> so you're pro-killing. Okay. That's good no, I'm not pro-killing. I'm just saying it feels like they went out of their way to soften these characters. Well, yeah. And make them... I mean, think about it. The the When Enchantress and her brother were making the... They're the ones who killed people because what they were doing was when they were making their soldiers... Yeah. They turned people into their soldiers, but once they turned them into those soldiers... They can't... They were brainless zombies, so it was okay that the Suicide Squad was killing them. (laughs) Right. Honestly. I mean, yes. So, no. So, I understand. I understand what you're saying, I mean, I think they still talked about how they were in jail because they were murderers and killers and thieves. You just wanted to see more of that? Well, no, what did you... I want to see more. I mean, what what was it that you would have wanted? I don't know. So, okay. The entire movie... So, like, in... Again, I'm going to compare this to the Suicide Squad in Arrow. But, like, in Arrow, they just felt like they were bad people. Like, I don't think that you ever get that. I mean, obviously, like, Captain Boomerang, you do see him, like, I don't know if he kills the guy that he was robbing that that bank with or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know that they're in prison because they're bad people, but they don't actually come off as bad people in the movie. Okay. Like, I disagree, but okay. They're crazy, or he's an assassin, but he's not really a bad dude because he's a good dad. Like, it's... Yeah, but that's very mobstery. Like, a lot of mobsters in movies and stuff, and TV shows are good parents and love their kids, but they're still bad people. Yeah, I'm just saying, this is how I'm more, feeling. Yeah, you want to be Stop discounting murder. my feeling. <laughs> you just, I'm not discounting, I'm just saying, okay. 
But so what about so think of um let's talk about Arrow first. Well, hold on. Oh, no. Let me just let me just say that I think my main point is that I don't think that there's enough character development. Oh, I think that that's maybe what I'm trying to That think. I will agree a thousand ten percent. Okay. <laughs> no, that yes, there was not enough character development in any of the characters. Okay. So I agree with that. It just all I was hearing from you was you wanted them to kill more people in front of you. But more sense to me. That makes more sense. More it just never okay, so in, in Arrow, it felt like given the opportunity, those characters would have like killed everybody and run away and like escaped. In the movie, I don't get that feeling at all. Well, they almost did a couple of times. They thought about it and things like that. They thought about running away, but like there was never a point at which I was like, ooh, maybe they'll try to kill everybody. Okay, and that's what you wanted. (laughs) I don't want them to kill. I just just wanted to feel like they could. (laughs) I just want them to want to kill more people. Exactly. Thank you. I don't want them to do it. I just want them to want to do it. Do you understand what I mean? Like, they just never felt... There was no intention. Yes. There wasn't enough character development in any of the characters. Oh, right. It just felt, like, slapped together and, like, these are the characters. That's that's the movie. Yeah. And, like, yes, Will Smith could have been more, quote-unquote, evil acting and things like that. So I understand what you're saying, but I just felt like he was just trying to hold the movie together. I felt like his daughter was dumb. Like, I hated it. I just I just felt like that whole thing was... I understand they needed something to humanize him. Yeah. Because he was still the lead character of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So he needed to be humanized. So he needed something to kind of anchor him that we can connect with. Because most of us, unlike you, can, can't connect to an assassin. Uh, <laughs> I can connect to an assassin. I know you can. So I'm saying most of us can't. So it was one, it was one of those things. So I just felt like, you know, I just didn't think that was needed. I thought the best scene of his in the movie was wasted because it could he could have had a nice fight with that. Yeah. But no, don't do it in front of your daughter. Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> no, do it in front of your daughter. Mm-hmm. So then um, we then they talk. So then they do another big intro about Harley Quinn. Um, so the Harley Quinn intro, I liked and didn't like at the same time. Um, I liked a lot. They tried to throw in a lot of fan service in the Harley Quinn intro. Like the scene of her and Joker dancing when she's in her old Harley Quinn outfit and he's in his tux. That's a very famous Alex Ross, Ross um, painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a drawing and everything and so that's something that we really people really like to see her in it even like when they change their outfits later on and she pulls it out right you know it's, it, it was nice I mean to actually see that costume in real life looked very silly yeah like it works in a comic right and it works in a cartoon it does not work in real life which they knew they put that in there just to make us feel better right so they talk about her backstory, and I enjoy her, and I enjoy her backstory. Um, I thought she did a good job in the movie. Mm-hmm. I liked her more in Birds of Prey than I did in this. Um, but I 
be, just after, because I'm watching this a second time after watching Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. The character in Birds of Prey was more developed mm-hmm. than she is in this. And so I enjoy, and almost, they made her kind of, they took the bimbo-y and like won a thousand percent with her in this, where I don't feel like she's like that in Birds of Prey. Yeah, I mean, I think that there, the difference is um, in this movie, she's surrounded by dudes. Yes. So, it, right. I mean, if you want to look deeper into it, I think that she she maybe does it on purpose right. to appear more more bimbo-y so people will kind of underestimate her because they're yeah. dudes and they already underestimate her because she's a girl. Which in the comic, in the cartoon, she does do that. Right. But you know, then in Birds of Prey, she's surrounded by chicks. And so. she's also trying to show that she's independent now. Right. And she can do that stuff. But, yeah, no, you're right. But I, I mean, in this I like, movie, she's still technically under the protection of the Joker. Right. Even so, though she's in prison. I guess we have to talk about the Joker. Um, <laughs> I hated this Joker. I, he, I didn't remember how much I hated it until I rewatched it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I like the character of the Joker. (laughs) I am very open to different interpretations of the Joker. Heath Ledger's is very different than Jack Nicholson's. Jack Nicholson's is very different than Cesar Romano's. Um, Mark Hamill's Joker is very different in voicing the Joker and what he does. The Joker and the comic books have different versions and things like that. Even in the net, in June, there's going to be a thing called Joker War, and there's going to be three different types of Jokers. You know, there's all of this stuff, and I'm open to all of it, except this version of the fucking Joker. I hated it. It made me mad. It made me angry, which is mad. It made me, I just, I... I he just all kinds of mad. Fucking the damaged tattoo on his head and the mobstery type. If they want to make the Joker a mob boss, do it. I'm all about it. What the? I just, I just didn't understand why they added all of this stupidness. So, to um, would Speaking you like to know what I think? Thing, I'm sorry. One second. <laughs> Just remember when he was sitting in. First of all, when he had that guy, when he had um, that Common? guy. Oh, he's a rapper. I don't know. Common. His name. Common. Yes. When they, I was gonna say the guy who was in that Queen Latifah movie. Oh my god. Um, where they played basketball. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. And that's Common, right? Yes. Yes, I thought so. So like how that's how I know Common. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he um. You know, and how they have, like, I'm okay. The Joker's like, oh, you like her, making her flirt with him and then kill him and get mad and all that stuff. But when he's laying in the middle of that fucking circle of knives, uh, I was just, and like, I'm okay with the Joker liking knives. Uh, he pleasures Joker. <laughs> he, oh, you know, when he was arrested. And he's sitting there. Hey, with the Joker liking knives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, the Heath, when Heath Ledger was, when um, the Joker was arrested in the dark night. And he's, there's nothing in his pockets but knives and lint. Yeah. He likes knives. Good. 
you know, we all like a good knife every now and then. I'm fine with that. This, I, uh, I was just so, I hate, okay, you just talk, because I'm just mad. Continue. <laughs> okay, so first of all, um, I love Jared Leto. <laughs> Me too! Second of all, I actually really enjoy, my note here is, this makes me want a Joker Harley movie with these two. Ew. I wrote worst Joker ever, which they made him more like the recent comic Joker. So here's my thoughts on it. Because this was a big thing when, the, like around when the movie came out, but um, the Joker was in it a lot more. So I would be interested to know what that part of the storyline was. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, like a lot of this movie, they just chopped it up, Ooh. and a lot of the Joker scenes ended up on the cutting room floor. Yes. So I would be interested to, to see, like what, like what that storyline was. Because you're right, like that scene of him like laying in the middle of the floor with, I mean, my OCD loved it because those knives were you know perfectly right. round and it was like beautifully shot. But, like, it didn't make any sense. Well, like, also, Okay. Sorry. I'm going to say one more thing. Well, not one more. Lots <laughs> of more things. This is, I think, what really, really got me about the Joker. Because the more I think about it, I was like, you know what? It's an interpretation, whatever. His laugh was horrible. <laughs> and Joker is known for his laugh. Yeah. And this Joker laugh was just so bad. So... I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I liked it because it's very off-putting, but, like, <laughs> you are such a dick. This is my opinion now, right? I gave you your time yes. to get angry. Yes. Um, so my thing is, is, like, to me, this is one of the more, like, the, this Joker laugh is one of the more intentional laughs. Like, it's, he's obviously not laughing (laughs) like it's just super fucking fake so to me like I thought that that was kind of funny like it sounded to me like he was like an affectation that's what I'm trying to say so it was like an affectation and it was so it's so like over the top because in a lot of the other like when Batman laugh or Batman Joker laughs and like you know, the dark Knight, or, um, I don't know anything else. Batman, 1989, Batman, like the Joker's actually laughing, but like in this movie, I feel like every time that he laughs, it's like a joke about the fact that he's not laughing. I don't know. It just, (laughs) it's just a deeper Joker. I'm so glad we are not in the same room. I just, to me, I don't understand. He thinks it's funny. Okay. His name is the fucking Joker. No, but he finds that stuff funny. Like the, that's the thing. I think the laugh is supposed to like this. First of all, the laugh is supposed to make you scared when you hear the Joker laugh, because it's such a distinctive laugh. His laugh was different every time. And it was just almost like he was swallowing his teeth as he was laughing. I just, I just, ugh. I just didn't like it. I don't know. I just think that it was more of an affectation than other, oh my God. 
You are. You know what? I am glad that we're not in the same room right now because the way that you are rolling your eyes at me, I want to gouge them out with my own fingers. Well, no. So this is what I hear from you. You know what? He's just, he's like a hipster joker. You know, he's laughing to be ironic. Oh my God. I don't know that I've ever hated you more than in this exact moment, but that's not what I meant at all. That's what I hear you. You know, he's, he thinks it's funny that he's laughing because it's not funny. You know, it's just literally that you said something like that. (laughs) I don't believe that that was my point, but if that's how you want to take it, Parker, that's fine. (laughs) We'll just move on to something else. This movie's carrying friendships apart. I hate it. (laughs) The lasting damage of the Jared Leto Joker. You know what? And maybe I am turning into the Suicide Squad. Well, not Suicide Squad, but obviously the Jared Jared Leto apologist apologist that you were with Batman versus Superman when we left the theater. Well, I Um, also said the same thing when we left the theater for this movie. That was pretty good. (laughs) But I mean, I didn't. I, I think, all right, so his laugh wasn't the best. Maybe I'm looking too far into it and trying to apologize for something that well, I shouldn't and be. maybe but. I'm expecting more because I have a longer history. Well, I just think character. to me, I just think that there was more to his character in this movie, but because they cut so much of it out, like we have no idea. So I think that that's part, you know, that's part of the the problem with this entire movie mm-hmm. is the way that they cut things out and things don't really flow together. You well, don't get a cohesive story. And so especially with the Joker, you just have like a couple of these scenes thrown in. Right. And so it doesn't feel like he got a cohesive storyline. So we don't know what the original storyline was supposed to be or what those other you know, cut scenes would have brought to it. Maybe right. it would have made it better. Maybe it would have made it worse. Maybe right. it still wouldn't have made sense. Who knows? But like, to me, I don't think that you completely blame it on like the way that Jared Leto played it. I think, I mean, I get that there's a lot of people that would do that. You included, given the, the face that you're making at me right now. Um, but I just think a lot of it is that I would have liked to see the actual storyline no, that was maybe. supposed to be in the movie. And I'm always, I'm also going on based on what I saw. Right. That's and true. Based on what I saw, I didn't like it. Okay. Maybe if they gave a, maybe, you know, if he said, watch this, I'm going to be ironic with my laugh. When he's going to become <laughs> a joker, I would have been like, oh, okay. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> but I, they didn't show Maybe him. if he had turned to the camera and winked. <laughs> If he pulled a Deadpool, hey, I'm in a movie, I would have probably been more okay with it. All he had to say was like, fuck this, let's go get some chimichangas, and you would have been fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that. If he winked at the, you know what? Yeah. If he winked at the camera, I probably would have been 100%. He did that horrible laugh, and then he like, Jim Halpert looked at the camera, you would have been like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you know what? I probably would have stood up clapping. <laughs> my fans' red moment. So yes, I am okay with that. <laughs> you know what? I'm on board. I, okay. like, I want to see your version of the cut together scenes. Basically, if I had made Suicide Squad, it would have been The Office, but the Suicide Squad oh Office. I'm on board. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what James Gunn is doing. Um, so oh, I mean, I mean, I, we'll talk about that towards the end. So I also felt. So a lot of the talk after the movie came out too 
everyone hated Enchantress as the villain. Yeah. Everyone said, and I agree, even though I didn't like this Joker from what I saw, Joker should have been the villain of the movie. Right. The movie should have been that they had a go, that they recruit Suicide Squad, um, Harley Quinn to come with them and almost use her as bait because they, the Joker is doing terrorist activity and they need to, no, like, he's doing- No, I'm sorry, this is the way that you said it. The Joker is doing terrorist activity. <laughs> Ironically. He's performing <laughs> terrorist activity. But like, he's doing, like, he's doing something really, really bad. Like, almost comic book level. Yeah. Joker evil. Like Shakespeare and, in the park, but like, evil. Well, like, I mean, God, the, the, the map, what I wouldn't have, what I would have given for some little, some Joker gas. Yeah. Or a fish with a Joker smile on. <laughs> and something like that. Like, that was very big in the comics. And, like, something like he's poisoning hundreds and, you know, people. And it's just, he's doing something. And they have to send. And, like, something, Batman is, like, they could have said. <laughs> like, Batman's stuck doing something else. You know, and he's or recuperating he from his wounds after fighting Superman. Yeah, after fighting, after loving his best friend, who he actually hated until he died. He's it's emotionally like, recovering. It's like funeral. It's like me. Um, oh, who's someone I really, really hate? Well, I don't want to say someone's name, but John Cryer. <laughs> no, I like him as Lex now. Yeah. Um, but like, no, I was gonna say like an actual person that I hate. But let's pretend there's. Somebody I hate in real life. Okay. Um, I know I don't hate many people, but pretend there's someone I hate in real life. And me just really hating them. And then they die. And I'm just like, oh, I love them. <laughs> My best friend. That's literally. Her what... mother's name was Diane. <laughs> That's literally what Batman did. It's like, I hate this man. I hate this man. Oh, I love him. He's dead. Oh, he has a mommy. Um, so, but they should have made the Joker the villain and they had to go after Joker. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a. I don't, if they still cut it similar, it wouldn't have been a great movie. I think it would have been a better story. Yeah. I think it would have been a better story. Part of the problem is, is like, first of all, Enchantress is like. Who's, who's, but who, who do we have more of a connection to, Enchantress or Joker? Well, that's what I was really going to say, is like, the Enchantress is like, for the regular person who hasn't delved really deeply into the comics, Mm-hmm. Nobody, like, they wouldn't have known who the Enchantress is. Can I tell you? I can't even tell you what the Enchantress in DC even looks like. <laughs> like, in the comics. Like, right. I don't know. Why, well, and when, then, when someone says Enchantress to me, I think of the Marvel version, and she's an Asgardian um, witch. Oh, okay. So, you know, and so, like, who wears a lot of green and stuff like that. So that's what I think about when I think of Enchantress. I don't even know what the Enchantress in DC is even like. Well, and the other thing, too, is, like, you're pinning this all on Cara Delevingne, and she's not great. No. Right. So you give this weak script, right. this weak character, to someone who's a weak actress. Right. Yeah. It's like giving it to... Mm, never mind. <laughs> this, are you just... You're on the verge of talking so much shit about people in this episode. It put me in a bad mood. You talking about me. Talking I about swear it. you almost bit your tongue to stop yourself from talking yeah, right then. It just, yeah, this movie put me in a bed. But 
Well, I said the only good thing about having to watch this movie again is that now we can watch Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So I did like the the scene where Batman captures Harley. I loved that scene. Oh, the chase scene? The chase scene, but then when he dives into the water, she pretends to be drowning, and then she goes to punch him, and he just punches her. <laughs> like, it's just, it's oh, very... Oh, so you enjoy violence against women. No, it's very what Batman would do if she's trying to come after him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, I don't know. And then I also like the fact that he had one of his Batman, like, air things in. His bat masks? It was just, it was very batman yeah. And I really enjoyed it. And so I just thought it was really good. And no, I don't like violence against women. <laughs> Let's make that. So my other notes are that June Moon is the worst archaeologist of all time. Like, really they literally, they I do mean, the backstory Indiana Jones would know not to touch it. I don't know. She's kind of the, an archaeologist in the vein of Indiana Jones because I just recently rewatched all those movies. And the whole time I was just like, all he's doing is like spitting in the face of actual archaeology. He's just going in and fucking stealing shit. He but anyway. Everything should be in a museum. She, or that you could just leave him the fuck alone. Anyway, um, if, but she like falls into this hole and then she finds his doll and rips the head off of it. Like what the fuck? It's not like it. She accidentally like like hit it and it fell over and broke. She literally picks it up and rips why, the head off. Why would she rip the head off? If she I know that's her first move. You know what? If I can't enjoy this, no one else can. <laughs> Oh my god she, she's just like um fuck uh she's just like Britt's dad in um uh Green Hornet um, yes <laughs> with the toy <laughs> no you're not, right not she, Brit, our friend right no I got it but so I didn't think you met our friend <laughs> um yeah no that's that's a good point I didn't think about it I just hated her as a character and so it was just when they when um, Amanda Waller was talking about her background, she stumbled into this cave, and then you just watch her pick up the fucking totem and rip the head off of it. Like, she deserved to be fucked up. Well, and then, like, they just tried to make the Enchantress, like, super sexy. Like, the fact to make her monster, she had to make out with them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's well, how she was And the way that she monster. was walking around, she was all, like, undulating and stuff, and it was just really weird. It was just really weird. I, it wasn't good. Um, so, Captain Boomerang. Oh, heart. Heart emoji. So, I really enjoyed Captain... So, when did Deadpool come out? I don't know. Hey, Siri. When did Deadpool come out? Which one? Deadpool. Deadpool 2. Once upon a Deadpool. Oh, that's right. And Comic-Con Workshop. Tea time with Deadpool. Well, it says 2016. Um, I like that. So, the Deadpool from 1988 is a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> oh. So, it came out in February 2016. Yeah. So... This movie came out after. I just, so I think what annoyed me about Captain, I thought they did, Captain Boomerang, so, is a weak character anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a really great story, story arc in the um, Identity Crisis comic, um, which is a really great comic. I think you should, I think you would really like it. I think oh, wait, would. another DC Crisis? 
<laughs> they love their cra- crazy. No, crazy. <laughs> no, I was just. I want to add an I to something that ends with an S all the time to make it. <laughs> so um, they. So it's a really good one. Um, like a superhero's wife gets murdered, and then um, Captain Boomerang basically murders the current Robin's dad. In it. Oh, the current Robin. Yeah. Of the of that time. Tim Drake. So his dad. So anyway, so the so Captain Boomerang's a weak character. I thought they did a nice job with this Captain Boomerang. Except what was I feel like the unicorn thing was trying to make him like Deadpool. Yeah, the pink unicorn thing, I assumed that that was something from the comics, but it wasn't. I, not that I know of. The Captain Boomerang that I know is old and fat. And he likes scarves <laughs> and was past his prime and identity crisis. And that was like the whole point of it. Okay. Yeah. And so he was like kind of a joke character. He was always like so a like joke. Like Axel Rose now. He was like a joke villain. Anyway, yeah. like. Well, yeah. He was a Flash villain. Um, but he was a rogue, like a Flash rogue and things like that. But it was just, he was always a joke villain. But I just thought that they. Did a nice job with him, except the unicorn thing annoyed me. And yeah. then I had to put the unicorn in his... I was like, is he having sex with her? I mean, I assumed it was a sexual thing. Well, it said fetish on his nipples, so... But anyway, um, no, I, I agree with you. I think that Jai... Jay, Jai... Jay, Courtney. Yeah, I don't know how... Yeah. First of all, he's crazy hot. He's crazy hot. Crazy hot. <laughs> he is crazy hot. He is Tom Hardy level with me. Yeah, I mean, obviously Tom Hardy's hotter, but he's yeah. like up there. I would, I would do both of them. <laughs> At the same time, Parker. I would. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. I would just say, Jack Courtney, you get out of this bed. <laughs> you get out right now. <laughs> um, no, but I agree with you. I think he, like, they did a good job with that character, and I think that he was really good. Like. He just looked crazy. It was great. I loved him with Katana. And, yes. um, well, although he was the comic relief one-liners. Yeah. And I liked, I loved how he talked Slipknot into Levy. <laughs> and then Slipknot got killed. Yes. That was really like, great. ooh. It just, he just, he was a, he, he was good. I also liked at the end, everybody got their good prize for helping Except out. for him. Except for him, because he was just an asshole. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that. So I thought he was good. Um, El Diablo. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Did he end up dying? No. Yes. I don't remember. He, I don't think that. I don't think that we. No, because what did, he didn't get something. No, did he get something in the end, or did he want to die to be with his wife? I don't know. I think he dies because you don't see him after after Enchantress's brother blows up. I don't he, think he, killed, really he killed himself because I think his whole arc was he needs to make up for what he did, so he's going to sacrifice himself. Right. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, Killer Croc. Yeah. You know what annoyed me about Killer oh, Croc? Oh, it says El Diablo embraces his abilities and distracts Incubus, is his name. Ugh. Not the band, but Enchantress's brother. Oh my god, that would be great. <laughs> He distracts him long enough he for the band. the band. <laughs> They're getting one step closer. And <laughs> uh, distracts him long enough for the bomb to detonate underneath, killing them both. Okay. As well as Scott Eastwood. 
Um, All right, Pete. You just remembered Scott Eastwood. I love Scott Eastwood. He's so, so hot. He's so much hotter than his dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, also his dad was a fa- is still alive. He's like a thousand years old. Yeah. yeah. But yes. Yeah, Tied with chair. Um, I'm not going to lie. Scott Eastwood was in a couple of episodes of Chicago Fire I was watching a few months ago. And yes, but I really enjoyed looking at him. It's very uh, handsome. It was in this. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, Killer Croc was annoying. They didn't really do a good job. And what annoyed me about Killer Croc was they just made him look stupid. Like, I want the... Use some CGI or something to make him look like Killer Croc in the comic. Or something like that. Like, think about um, what they did on Flash. King Shark looked amazing. Yeah, that's true. Do something like that with him. Instead of, like, all this prosthetics and things like that to try to make him look crocodile-y. Like, it just, I don't know. I just felt like they didn't do the, they didn't do the character justice. It's not a very deep character. Yeah. But they just could have done, if you didn't want to do anything with the personality, do something with the way he looks to make him more, you want to throw fan service. I mean. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, like this whole movie, they do a lot of, like I said, fan service. Like when they did the Harley Quinn introduction also, they put in her notes, um, co-conspirator in the murder of Robin. Like they just, they did all this fan service stuff. Do something with Killer Croc. He's a well-known DC villain. Yeah. He's a Batman villain. Like it's just, I don't know, it didn't leak. Um, <laughs> I'm going through my notes now. I also had that... I, oh, so David Harbour, when he was in with Amanda Waller and in with the president, yeah, he was some type of, I don't even remember his name. I was thinking when he was in his suit and all dressed up that he would have been a really good um, Harvey Dent. Oh, yeah. Okay. I could have pictured him as a good Harvey Dent and possible Two-Face. Wasn't he? He was in The Green Hornet. Yes. As okay. the DA. Yeah. Yes. So he has those DA vibes. <laughs> so I felt like he would have been a good Harvey Dent. Um, so we know he can play a DA. Yes, so we know he can play a DA. Um, one thing that also annoyed me about the entire movie, especially the beginning when they're in jail, I didn't agree. I didn't under. I didn't like how disorganized the jail was. Yeah, it was basically it like wasn't efficient. It didn't run efficiently, and I didn't care. Well. They also like a lot of <laughs> a lot of the like prison guards ended up dead, but it seemed like on a regular basis. Yes, like when they go in to get Killer Croc and he just like kills one of them, and it's like, oh well. And they just kept going and <laughs> doing their thing. Yeah, no, you're right. It just, it just seemed like a normal thing every time they had to get them out of the cells. Every time oh, they had to get Killer Croc, like four to five prison guards. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Like, um, there's okay. So how long have they been there? There's not like you haven't figured out an easier way to right. get them out. Well, they probably don't normally get them out. True. Um, one. Fi- so another note that I had was, okay, I'm going to say something nice about the Joker. Okay. Okay. First of all, can you just move that? <laughs> I was like, do you not want to look at me, me to look at you? The um, way. One thing I have to say I liked about the Joker was. When they had that scene 
where they broke in to get Harley. Yeah. I enjoyed the riot gear because it said Joker on them. <laughs> and I enjoyed that. <laughs> the oh, only yeah, thing they- it needed was like the Joker's face and that would have been very comic booky or 1989 yeah. Batman or something like that. So I enjoyed that. I also have this one note that just says the entire movie is disrespectful to women. I just thought it was very, just very, just, yeah, I just didn't like it. Well, because Harley Quinn was so skanky looking? No. I just, the way they treated women in this movie, even though they tried to make them look empowered, I just felt like they were just, to all the men, women were just... I don't know. They yeah. just, they, they talk down to them and they, I just, I didn't care. I don't know. Well, the other thing, so like after the Joker comes and rescues Harley Quinn and then the helicopter goes down and yeah. she's like sitting, she ends up like she's sitting on top of the, the car in the rain. Right. And then they come out and Deadshot comes over and help, like carries her off carries the her. car. I, I don't care that she was dressed stinky because if that's what she wants to dress like, I'm good with it. Right. Like that doesn't bother me. Like no one made her dress like that. So I, I'm no, so I'm, I mean the people who made the movie. <laughs> no, no, right. But I'm just saying. But I just felt like the characters treated women kind of in a disrespectful manner. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel so like. Oh, what's your okay? Look, <laughs> give me your argument for why this is women empowerment. This movie. This is actually a super feminist movie. No, I was just gonna say that. And um, because I also after watching Birds of Prey, which was super empowering. Right. Well, so I was going to say that I was just re- I recently, as in a couple hours ago, was editing the um, the previous episode. Oh fuck! Sorry, I just hit my elbow. So I was just editing our previous episode um, when we're talking about uh, Batman versus Superman, and I was like thinking about it, and I'm like. Does Zack Snyder not like women? Or does he not respect women? Because, like, I mean, I know that Wonder Woman is in the movie and is kind of powerful at the end. But, like, I don't know. I can't remember exactly when I was thinking that. But, like, a lot of the DC movies just, like, they treat women as kind of, like, well, because you know side who, characters. Well, just think about it. Who's writing and directing all of these movies except for the Wonder Woman movie? Yeah. Men. Like, yeah. honestly. And so, how, are, how is a man going to have a good representation of an empowered woman? Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, so, I, I mean, with I the, think, with the Marvel think. movies, like, I mean, you can say what you want about Black Widow, like, when she was first introduced into the MCU, you know, but she became obviously really, her physical assets were. But she became a very really good character, right? But also, so I mean, you have Pepper Potts, mm-hmm. who's a very strong character. But the tone in both universes are so different, right? So I'm just saying, like, you, I just think that in so far in the yes. movies that we've watched for the DCEU, is like the the female characters are not well. Yes. I, I agree. I mean, yes, the Wonder Woman fight scene is, she's great in it. And they right. make her powerful and they do a nice job with her in it. But 
the women mostly are written in a po- not in a positive light, but in a powerful. Yeah. Even though Amanda Waller is in charge. Yeah, but she's, if you kind of, I mean, I know that they styled her like she is, you oh, no. know, in. <clears throat> but I'm agreeing with you. I'm right. Saying, even though she's in charge, they still don't set no, her up. No, I know, up, but you know. she's just, because there's these, there's different tropes of female characters. Yeah. And she's the, like, the sexless, mm-hmm. powerful mm-hmm. woman who, like, she doesn't have any romantic interests. Like, all she's after is power, and she's just fully evil. And, like, that's just, that's her, you know? And so, that's, she's just pretty one-dimensional. Right. So, or and I, I think that maybe perfect. that's what we're trying to say is a lot of these female characters are pretty one-dimensional. Yeah, because it's either the no-sex wanting power or the over-sexualized Harley right. Quinn. Exactly. Yeah, type thing, but yes. I mean, I mean you could say, like, Harley and then Quinn Katana is, is in it for, like, 25 and a half seconds. Harley, Quinn's, Harley Quinn is the most developed female character in the movie. Yes. And it's still not great because after watching Birds of Prey, where you see her more developed. Well, and also the character of Harley Quinn is, I don't want to say problematic because I think that word is way overused, but like her character is a little problematic in that like she just like falls in love with Mr. J and like she's because her character is, she's, she's a doctor. But she's she's also kind of crazy. She has a screw loose because like, like she's a, She's a she's a psychologist, but she's also she falls in love with him. But I also think she's always been a little nutty. I mean, I mean, is that your opinion, or is that always how she's been portrayed before she like went full Harley Quinn? Because I mean, you could say that that there was like a kernel of craziness in her, but really, like at the at the core of it, you have this woman who became a doctor. And is, you know, a professional at, you know, the highest level. And she's, you know, trying to do her job. And then, of course, she just falls in love with this madman and turns crazy herself. And, you know, it's just the character itself is not super empowering. No. I I mean, I don't know. There's different versions. But then you get into Birds of Prey and it's a little redeemed. Because I'm watching the Harley Quinn cartoon on the DC Universe app. And they, they, I mean, it's very similar to the Birds of Prey Harley Quinn now. Yeah. Because she, her and Joker broke up with her. So she's, in the beginning, she's trying to prove herself. Yeah, but I mean, the whole character of Harley Quinn is like, you know, she she gives up being a professional and everything to to become a villain, but then also... She was created in 1992. Right, okay. Well, it's a very common... Yeah. And then, you know, all these, throughout the years, the relationship that she's had with the Joker is super unhealthy. Yes. Um, well, but they, but they, but the thing is, it's not like they hide that. They yeah. also say it's unhealthy and people say it's unhealthy and people tell her it's unhealthy. <laughs> like it, but like, that's the thing. Like it's a common, it's right. not like they're saying it. We all know it's unhealthy, but it is help. You know, like, like in the cartoon, Poison Ivy's her best friend, and she tells her how unhealthy it is. Like yeah. it just—it's. I mean, but it's also 
some women, as some men do, get in unhealthy relationships. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like every character is in an unhealthy relationship and that's how they're portraying all women. Some women, just like <laughs> some men, do get in unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think, and I think if you, but also, I agree that I don't think Zack Snyder likes women characters. Yeah. Or doesn't know what to do with them because Birds of Prey, they have some women, female characters that are problematic like Harley Quinn and then they have more empowered ones and things like that. But he had nothing to do with that movie. Right. But even like, so even like June Moon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Terrible. And she's just like, she's just this sniveling like, or I don't know. No, yeah. She's a a sniveling weakling or she's an over-sexualized evil evil demon thing. (laughs) It's not good. I can agree. I think we can agree that the portrayal of women in some of these DC movies are not very good. (laughs) So far. So far. Um, So a couple of facts that I... Did you want to say anything else about the movie in general? I do not, actually. I would like this to be over. So we're almost done. (laughs) So... Um, I would like this to be the last time that we talk about this movie. Oh, it will be. Don't worry. Um, I was mad that I had to rent it. Um, me too. So, you know who was in talks to play the Joker before him? Before Jared Leto? Um, Ryan Gosling. No. What the fuck? Ryan That's Gosling weird... was in talks. That's such a weird idea. And they, But they gave it to Jared... Uh, Leto, and then Tom Hardy was supposed to be Rick Flagg. Could you no. imagine a movie with Tom Hardy and Jai Courtney? Jai Courtney together. You would have busted clean through your pants. Would have been able to control myself. <laughs> um, but I he, thought you were going to say Tom Hardy was also in talks to play the Joker, no. but he had to drop out because he was doing his Revelance movie. It's a movie he was in. He did a movie and he had to drop Revenant? out. Yeah, I think so. That's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yeah, is, I think he's in it too. Yeah. Yeah, so um, he dropped out for that. And they then offered it to Jake Gyllenhaal, who said no. Jake Gyllenhaal is Rick Flagg? Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like a lot of these people made good decisions. Mm-hmm. So then whoever this guy is, I don't remember. I know him from House of Cards. And that's the only thing I know him from. Um, but he, what I wanted to read to you was an article from the Washington Post um, about Suicide Squad. Okay. So did you hear some of the stuff about the making of the movie? I don't think so. Oh, my God. So this is the first sentence of the article. If your coworker mailed you a potentially used condom, that coworker would likely be fired more quickly than you can say severe HR violation. Oh, is this about Jared Leto and well, it's his about the whole thing? Method so, acting. So apparently, yeah. So apparently, what they did was like we all know about Jared Leto, Leto doing all this crazy stuff. He got into character. So David Ayers who was the director, told them that he wanted everyone in character at all times. Um, no one really listened to him about it, but Jared Leto. 
Um, it got to a point, I think Will Smith said that he's actually never met him <laughs> because he was in character the entire time. Oh, okay. He sent people dead rats, used condoms, and the whole group a dead pig. Um, so he really liked did that. He did that. David Ayer, so David Ayer is about realism. So if your character is tormented, he wants you to torment yourself. He wants the real thing. So basically, he gave Margot Robbie a dead rat, gave everyone a dead pig, um, gave Will Smith a set of bullets. Um, Well, that's nice. Yeah, he gave everyone else anal beads and used condoms. Um, but I mean, I'm laughing, but if I got that in the mail, I would be like, what the fuck? So I'm going to read you a paragraph. That wasn't enough for air. He forced his cast into fistfights with each other. The rehearsals were very intense. It wasn't a normal rehearsal. We talked about their lives, their histories, and really got them to open up as people to each other. I had them fight. I had them fight each other. You really learn a lot about a person when you punch them in the face. It gets rid of a lot of that actor stuff. But it wasn't all fighting. According to Cara Delevingne, who plays June Moon, Air specifically asked her to walk into the woods and strip naked if there was a full moon. She told W Magazine that's exactly what she did. I just feel like there's so much effort wasted and this is such a terrible movie. Jai Courtney who plays Boom, uh, Captain Boomerang, told Empire that he took mushrooms and proceeded to stub lit cigarettes out on his arms during a Skype video call with the director. <laughs> like, <laughs> these are the things that they, they the amount of effort they put into this fucking movie. Uh, it just, it just, and it goes on. It just goes on. And then they compared the, the way they treated this movie as the same way that they did Apocalypse Now. Because I, I was just going to say that. Like, yeah. it sounds like the type of things that, um, that the, the cast went through on Apocalypse Now. Yep, that's exactly that's a good it. Movie. This goes, the main difference it would seem is that the suffering involved in this film was accidental. The <laughs> other is that Apocalypse Now is terrific. <laughs> Suicide Suicide Squad seems to be anything but that. So, it, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was just, I read that article and I was fascinated by it. Like, I heard the rumors about, I heard about the dead pig, but I didn't realize, like, all this stuff. I'm trying to think of, like, so... He wrote and directed, David Ayer wrote and directed this movie. Mm-hmm. But like... But he was I also, wasn't he writing partners? how anybody signed off on... Wasn't he writing partners with Christopher Nolan? Didn't he help with the Dark Knight movies? David Ayer? Yeah. I don't know. I thought he was a writing partner with Chris Nolan. Um... Not that I see. So he um, collaborated on... Oh, I was thinking David Goyer. Oh, yeah. Yes. He collaborated on the screenplay for The Fast and the Furious, uh, Training Day, SWAT. End of Watch. Yeah. 
That's the one with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. That's a good movie. Um, I got him confused with David Goyer. Yeah. Oh, he uh, he wrote and directed Fury with Brad Pitt. I've never seen it. That's pretty good. I just, I don't, I guess my, my main thing is like, I don't understand who signed off on this final edit of this movie. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. and, and I'm really surprised because I'm like, when I was reading about this movie, I could have sworn that like somebody got fired or something happened and and that's why the finished product is so fucking choppy and ridiculous. But it's not like there's no backstory of that at all. No, they, they just, just they gave it to a trailer editing company to edit this movie, and it just like I don't understand how anybody, how David Ayer watched the final cut, how okay any of the executives it. watched the final cut, and they were like, you know what? Yeah, I'm signing off on this. Let's release it. This is good. This is what we should do. Especially, I mean, say what you will about Batman versus Superman. It's super long and annoying and, like, not great. But it's, like, it's an actual movie. Like, this doesn't feel like a real movie. And especially because DC is trying to, like, compete with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, and and you release this hot shit? Well, like, like, I... I've officially seen this movie two and a half times. And not even two and a half. I was, I say, was just going to say, you watched it for like half an hour. I would say two and one fourth. Because <laughs> I remember I watched it in the theater and I was like, it wasn't that bad. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, Ugh. I tried to rewatch it a, like a year later. And I made it for what I thought was halfway through the movie. And then I realized rewatching it last week that I only made it a fourth of the way through the movie. Like, it's just, it's bad. All right. So we have to, let's, let's rate this piece of shit. So, um, as a movie in whole, I would rate it 0.5 out of 10. Oh, okay. I was going to give it a 0.75, but all right. I'm give it a 0.5 out of 10. I was going to give it a one, but I just didn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, I mean... There's just no part of this movie that is entertaining to me. And literally, the funny thing is, is like, because I think that I've maybe, I don't know if I watched it a full three times, but it's been like on TV and I've like watched a couple of scenes from it um, here and there. But like, when you watch it, there's a whole bunch of like songs like, really popular songs that they used to, like, intro the scene. Like, their song budget <laughs> was ridiculous. So it's literally just, like, it's it's honestly, like, watching just a whole bunch of trailers oh, yeah. stuck together. Well, a trailer company cut it. Right. I mean, it's literally it's makes complete Definitely, sense. that's what it looks like. Yeah. So, all right. Let's, let's talk no more about this movie. Okay. So, the next movie we're going to see watch is Wonder Woman, and I'm very excited. Yes, me too. I haven't seen it in a while. Me neither. So, I'm actually very excited about that. So, that's yeah. going to be our next movie. Um, no, you do this part. What? You do the next part. Oh, am I, are we ending? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> do you have more to say about it? All right. Um, okay. Okay. 
this wait. <laughs> now I can't remember how we end the show. I've been Allison. <clears throat> I have been Allison. And I've been Parker. And this has been Insert Super Fun here. <laughs> <laughs>